Hey you guys and welcome back to my podcast. I am working on an intro at the moment so I'm just going to go ahead and share my first episode without it. Because if you do know me then you know I'm not satisfied with anything that I do and it has taken me all week to be happy with just my first episode. But I won't ramble on about that and I'll go ahead and jump into my first episode. I want to talk about ways in which childhood trauma can show up in our adult lives. I will be using some of my own examples, but I wanted to keep this first episode short and sweet and at a later date expand on everything that I mention in this episode. Before I get started, I do want to say that I've only listed seven things. Um, if this is something that you can relate to or you know that this is something you struggle with, definitely do your own research because the list is long and what I have to say doesn't cover all the ways in which childhood trauma can show up in our lives. So I'll go ahead and get started with number one, negative self-talk. This can be anything from telling yourself you can't do something to telling yourself you're not worthy of love, worthy of friendship, or even blaming yourself in situations where a friend might be upset or a partner might be upset or even a family member. And I personally do think this one, this starts at your home or in the environment in which you grew up in as a child. If in that environment you didn't feel loved or you didn't feel wanted or you didn't get attention or the attention that you needed as a child, then of course you're going to grow up as an adult thinking the same thing about yourself. That maybe you don't feel wanted or loved in your friendships and your relationships. I put this one first because I personally think that it sets the tone for everything else that I name. The way that you speak to yourself does set the tone for how things happen in your life or why things happen and essentially how you react to these things. But I won't keep going with that and I'll go ahead to number two, not setting boundaries. I would say not being able to set boundaries comes from wanting to people please, not wanting to upset anyone, all while thinking that maybe you aren't worthy of setting those boundaries or having those boundaries. For instance, say if a friend came up to you and asked you to do something on Friday, but you wanted to just spend the day by yourself and just hang around your house. And instead of just telling them that and telling them no, you say, yeah, I'll do it for you because you don't want to make them upset. And two, I think it goes back to maybe you don't feel like you need to take that break for yourself. Or that you aren't worthy of just giving yourself that time. That you think that helping your friend is more important than giving yourself the time that you wanted. Here you're putting other people's needs and wants before your own. And it kind of goes into number three, so I'll continue. Number three being cutting off relationships as a way of managing conflict. I say this one goes into number three because I personally believe that... We do this because we're not able to just set boundaries. I'll use a personal example for this one. So in high school and in college, anytime a friend would come up to me with conflict and it being just, you know, you don't hang out with me. I don't feel like you spend enough time with me. I would just shut down and run away. I wouldn't respond to them. I would ignore them until... They, I, I guess until I expected them to pick up that I didn't want to be their friend anymore. 
and I just wouldn't say anything to them like ever again. And instead of setting that boundary and just saying to them that I just want to be alone, it's nothing to do with the friendship or you, I just decided to walk away because I didn't know how to set that boundary and I didn't think that if I did, it would even be respected. I didn't even, I mean, if I'm not respecting my own boundaries, why would I ever expect someone else to respect them? But I will continue to number four, being fear of abandonment. Y'all, this one shakes me to my core because there's nothing bigger to me that screams, I need help, I need to be loved more than fear of abandonment. And fear of abandonment isn't just being scared that someone's going to leave you. If you do find that you have a fear of abandonment, you'll people please, you'll feel really insecure in relationships, you'll be codependent in your relationships. So you'll start to sink your needs and your wants based on your partner's needs and wants. And same goes with their mood. Um, if your partner's upset, you're upset. If they're mad at you, you'll be mad at yourself. When I think of fear of abandonment, I think of a child who obviously doesn't have their own opinions. Does They don't have their own dislikes or likes. They don't know how to really express themselves, but they mirror their parents. They sync up with their parents and they start to learn from their parents. And I'm not 100% sure if this can go outside of romantic relationships. I'm sure it's any relationship that makes you feel vulnerable. And I would say even past a friendship because I am aware that if you have gone through something traumatic as a child, that you can often use your relationships to mirror the love or lack of love that you received as a child. But moving on to number five, sabotaging and self-sabotaging. So this one kind of speaks for itself, but sabotaging can be anything from sabotaging a romantic relationship, sabotaging a friendship, or just sabotaging a job that you just got. And self-sabotaging is just holding yourself back or telling yourself that you're not worthy of progressing or doing something that you want to do. This one to me exists when negative self-talk exists. When you deem yourself unworthy of love and unworthy of good things happening in your life. So for instance, if you don't think you're worthy of a job that you just got, you'll sabotage it until you don't have that job. Or if you're applying for a job and you go, you know what, I, I don't even qualify for this, I wouldn't be good at it, you stop yourself from applying. Or even in romantic relationships, you are now in a relationship and you don't feel worthy of that relationship. You don't feel like you deserve to be loved. So you destroy the relationship till there's nothing left of it. There are a million examples I could use for sabotaging and self-sabotaging, but at the end of the day, it comes down to what you think you are worthy of and what you think your value is. I'll move on to number six now. Paranoid that people are out to get you and to hurt you. So for this one, you think that people's intentions are malicious, that people just want to hurt you in some way. And friendships, this could be anything from thinking that they're talking behind your back or say you're going out to meet a friend and the whole way there you think they don't want to be your friend anymore. 
In romantic relationships, it could be not trusting your partner, thinking that they're cheating on you, thinking that they're lying to you. Say if your partner was going out one night, they're really going out, but in your head, they're not. When you're paranoid, you think that they're going out to hurt you in some way. They're being dishonest and disloyal to you. And it could even be where you are going out in public and you think strangers are out to get you, that they're looking at you, that they're making fun of you, that they're just wanting to hurt you in some way. I do want to expand on this one later because it's, it's new to me in the sense that I've just recently started doing research on it, but I've been doing it for years and it, it's just gotten out of hand. So I will be dragging myself about being paranoid at a later date. But I'll go ahead and move on to number seven, suppressing your true self and emotions. And by this, uh, I mean not being your complete self, pretending to be someone else, or pretending to be what you would consider good or better than yourself at the beginning of relationships or friendships. Acting in a way that makes the other person comfortable, but you uncomfortable. And this is just something that I think why we do this. Um, maybe two reasons. The first reason being if you grew up in an environment where you didn't feel loved, you didn't feel good about expressing your true feelings and your true wants and needs because you continuously got backlash anytime you expressed yourself, such as crying, then you are going to grow up and start suppressing your emotions and start suppressing who you really are to make others feel comfortable and so you won't receive that same backlash. And number two or the second reason kind of goes along with the first one, but not so much as you had to experience as a child. Just any time you've ever experienced backlash for being who you truly are, it can really make you feel insecure about yourself to the point where you start wanting to suppress who you really are to make others comfortable. Which does lead me to the advice I wanted to leave you guys about safe people in safe places. When I say safe, I don't necessarily mean that these people and places have to be perfect and I don't mean that they won't be triggering. When anyone says that someone is safe or a place is safe, they just mean that you're able to be who you really are and you're able to express yourself in a way that makes you feel comfortable. For instance, when I'm in relationships and there's conflict, I cry a lot. Um, and I've dated men who call me sensitive, who tell me I cry too much, call me a crybaby, you know, just gaslight the hell out of me. And they don't allow me to express myself in the only way I know how to. I remember doing a lot of crying as a kid and there was never actually any real comfort. It was just... I was hearing the same things as a kid as I'm hearing now. You cry too much, you're too sensitive, you're getting on my nerves. And if you continuously surround yourself or put yourself in places that react to you expressing yourself the same way your parents or your guardians or whoever did when you were a child, you will never stop letting your wounds from showing up and you will continue to suppress and deny who you really are and what triggers you. But this is something that you can work on, especially when you start working on the way that you talk to yourself. 
start telling yourself that you are worthy of love, that you are just, you're worthy of good things happening in your life. And then you'll start to notice the people that you choose to be around you. This is a bit personal and this is no shade to anyone I'm friends with from back home. But when I left two years ago and when I left for Thailand, I did start noticing a change in my friends or really a change in myself around the friends that I had in Thailand and the friends that I have now in England. I have been able to be myself and I feel like the first time I feel comfortable in my own skin. But I have found myself in another failing relationship, but I don't think that I would be able to get through this relationship if it wasn't for my friends and the people who I deem as safe. And now y'all, I give no fucks as to who is uncomfortable when I express myself, such as crying. I will cry anywhere on any day, especially if I'm anxious. And if you are listening and you think that you're someone who doesn't cry for the comfort of others, or you don't want people to feel uncomfortable, then I just say, fuck with that. Start crying because at the end of the day, it's you that has to be uncomfortable with you suppressing yourself. And you're the one that has to live in your head. You have to hear all the things that you tell yourself and replay all the things that other people have said to you. So if you continue to care what other people think or how they feel, when you express yourself and be vulnerable, then you will continue to allow your wounds to show up. But that is it for my first episode, you guys. And I just hope that I've said something useful. I hope that this can be something that you can learn from or I can learn from while I'm just sitting here talking to you guys. And a big thank you to those who are listening and to those who are supporting me. You have no idea how much I appreciate it because I know this can be awkward as hell. But I will be back, so stay tuned.